listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Gospel for today is from the 8th chapter of John. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you continue in my word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. This is that great line from John chapter 8 that we read every year on Reformation weekend. I think it was chosen because Martin Luther focused on the Word, the Word of Christ, the Word of Scripture. And it's important that we understand really what's being said here. There's a Greek word in here, meno. Meno means to continue, to remain, to abide, to dwell in, right? And so if you abide in my Word, if you dwell in my Word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In order to understand exactly what's going on here, we've got to look back into John's gospel, the fourth gospel, which begins, in the beginning was the word, logos, was the idea in the mind of God for the creation, that before God created, God envisioned the creation, God envisioned life. And so anytime in the fourth gospel you see word, it's talking about God's divine design for life what God envisioned life to be, what in God, what God envisioned the universe to be. Human beings were put here to care for the creation, to care for life, to generate life from generation to generation to generation. That's what eternal life means. It's the perpetuation of life, that we don't, as human beings, destroy what God has created, but in fact participate with God in the things that God cares about. And as we go through this passage even further, we get this line about whoever sins, whoever commits a sin, is a slave to sin. And and, and it's important here that we recognize once again that, that Jesus isn't talking about individual sins. See, we've been conditioned to think through the lens of individual salvation, that that Salvation means that I get to go to heaven after I die. So I need the individual sins that I commit to be forgiven so that I can go to heaven after I die. Jesus isn't speaking about individual sin here. In order to understand that, again, we have to go back to chapter 1 of the fourth gospel, where John the baptizer points to Jesus and he says, This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's the world's sin. 
It's not individual sins. It's, it's not, Jesus isn't speaking to saying a bad word or, 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 or taking something that doesn't belong to you. He's not talking about those individual things that, that we've been guilted over throughout our lives. The church has beat people up over these individual acts and behaviors. He's talking about how the world acts. He's talking about how we live collectively in the world. That the problem is, is the systems and, and the processes that, that we create that rob people of life. Injustice that takes place in our world that robs people of life. Some people at the top while others are at the bottom. Some are in while others are out. Some are winners while others are losers. That's what he's talking about. It's the sin of the world. And so when he says, when you commit sin, when you sin, you're a slave to sin. What he's saying is, when we choose to live the world's way, as opposed to God's way, we're a slave to that. We perpetuate the injustices. When we make life about wealth and power and control, when we, we make life about winning and domination, we destroy the earth. We destroy the world. We destroy one another. We pit human, humanity against humanity. We, we take and take and take and don't give and don't pour out. And so what Jesus is begging us here He's begging us to live within God's design for life. He's begging us to live God's way in the midst of the world because it's only God's way that will serve to perpetuate life. And he says, he's saying that when we live in God's way, when we live in God's design, then we know the truth. We understand who we are as children of God. We, we grasp what it means to live as children of God. We see that, that, that this way of life is the true way of life. And it's only this way of life that fills us, that fuels us, that, that makes us whole, because we see ourselves then as a part of God, as a part of creation, and as a part of one another. And that's true freedom. True freedom isn't doing what you want to do. True freedom is living who you are. It's living out of your true identity. It's living out of your true purpose. That's what freedom is. In our country today, people think being free means you just do whatever you want. No, that's anarchy. That's chaos. That's selfish. That's just thinking about you. True freedom is to be the person that you're created to be. To be that person at home with your spouse, with your kids, with your siblings, your parents, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends. Being who you're created to be at school and, 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 and wherever you find yourself, at the grocery store or at the car dealership, to be a loving, caring, gentle, compassionate human that sees God in every single person. And so what we invite you into here at Abiding Hope are our core values that we've created, that we believe that, that when we live these values, we honor God. When we live these values, we're, we're living fully as the people we're created to be. And our values at Abiding Hope are authentic worship, intentional relationships, sacrificial service, and radical generosity. And the words worship, relationship, service, and generosity 
Those are important words. And I don't feel like I need to unpack those right now, but I would like to concentrate on the other words in our values. Authentic, intentional, sacrificial, and radical. These are values that we're called to live every single day. You want to live an authentic life. You want to be the person you're created to be. You want to be fully alive. You want all of your gifts and and abilities to be maximized in, in, in how you show up in the lives of other people. And so authentic is, is key here. Think about all the masks we put on, the, the masks we wear to, to cover ourselves, to hide behind, masks that, that cover our wounds and our broken places, masks that, that make us look different than the, the true person we're created to be. Wealth is a mask. Power is a mask. All of these things are, are masks that we cover ourselves with out of fear. It's all fear-based. To live an authentic life means that you be open and honest. It means that you're aware of where you're broken. You're aware of where you've been wounded. You, you, you eliminate the fear of those wounds. Remember, Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, showed his wounds. He even allowed people to touch his wounds. He was authentic. He had nothing to hide. He held nothing back. And he was modeling for us what it means to be fully human. We're all wounded. We all have those things in us that we're ashamed of, that we're afraid of. And our work to do is to become aware of those things so they no longer have control over us so that we can talk about our wounds, we can share our wounds with others, because when we do that, we free them to be honest about their wounds as well. That's freedom in there, that you're no longer being controlled by the broken places in your life. Authentic is an important value. So is intentional. The word intentional means that we're, we're thinking about what we're doing. We don't just act. We spend time in contemplation. We spend time in prayer. We spend time discerning who it is God is needing us to be, what it is God is wanting us to do. And that when we're intentional, we reprioritize our lives around the things that really matter, which is the worship, relationships, service, and generosity. God wants us to live intentional lives, to be thoughtful about our choices, to be thoughtful about how we spend our resources, to be thoughtful about where we spend our time. My prayer is that you will be more intentional in how you're living each and every day. Sacrificial, really don't have to say a lot about sacrificial. We look at the life of Jesus and we see sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. He poured himself out for the sake of others. He held nothing back. He didn't use any of his gifts and abilities for himself. He used all that he had, all that he was, to care for the poor, to feed the hungry, to, to raise the dead, to heal the sick. He even sacrificed his life on the cross. We're called to live sacrificial lives. We're called to recognize that everything we have belongs to God. We're called to recognize that, that we're here as stewards caretakers of what God has given us, and that blessings are meant to be shared with others. That's the sacrificial life. 
that we're a conduit then for God's love and God's blessing out into the world. And then finally, the word radical. You know, in Latin, uh, radical, the root word for that literally means root. So radical means rooted. So when we talk about radical generosity, we're talking about being rooted in Christ, being rooted in, in God's vision for what human beings are to be, being rooted in the good news that God is with us and that God is generating love and life throughout our world. And so when we live radical lives, yeah, we're kind of on the edge. We're, we're a little edgy. We're, we're, we're doing things maybe that others aren't doing, but it's rooted in Christ. It's rooted in the divine design for life. This is who we're called and created to be. Jesus lived this life. Jesus came into this world not so much to teach us about God, but to teach us about how to be human. If you want to know how to be human, look at Jesus. Look at how he lived his life. He, he gave everything in order to generate new life. He railed against the systems and processes that were in place, that were excluding people, that were persecuting people, that were oppressing people. He didn't shame the average person on the street who was struggling, who was hurting, the leper who had been pushed to the fringe, the woman who had been forced into prostitution because she had no other way to support herself or her family. He didn't shame them. He loved them. He cared for them. He reached out to them. The people that Jesus took on were the power people, the people in the purple robes, the people who had the ability to, to, to make change in the world. That's who he railed against. He begged them. He argued with them. He tried to convince them that they had the ability to change the world. And they wouldn't listen. They were afraid of him. And that's why they plotted to kill him. That's why they took him out and beat him and humiliated him. They wanted to make an example of him. They used their power to show that power wins. They used violence to show that violence wins. They were trying to intimidate people. They were trying to scare people. They were trying to say, see, if you come up with a different vision than what we're living, this is what's going to happen to you. And on the third day after Jesus' death, God raised him from the dead to say, no way. No way. The world's way will not win. The world's way is death and destruction. The world's way divides human life. And the resurrected Jesus came to the disciples in the locked room and he breathed on them. Whew. Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Just as I lived my life, you're called to live your life as a child of God, filled up with the Holy Spirit, living in ways that bring new life, living in ways that generate life from generation to generation, drawing others into this way of life simply because they witness how you live. As we're in our Ignite season here, as we are contemplating our commitments for next year, 2024, this isn't about money. This isn't about dollars and cents. This is about our lives. This process that we do every year is to reorient us reprioritize us. It's to cause us to pause and to, to pray and to be in a contemplative posture. 
to think about the things in our lives that are perpetuating the world's ways, that are perpetuating violence and perpetuating division and perpetuating greed. This is an opportunity for us to step back and to remember what is the word? Word is, is, is love. The word is compassion. The word is grace, generosity, service. That's the true way of life. That's what God envisions for each of us. And so I pray that you're going to take time over the next couple of weeks before our commitment weekend on November 11th and 12th. And you're going to think hard about your life. You're going to spend time reflecting. What needs to change? What needs to go? What do you need to do differently to live authentically, to live intentionally, to live sacrificially, to live radically? Be rooted in who it is that God envisions you to be so that you can be free, free to be yourself, free to be whole, free to be full, free to pour yourself out in a way that, that, that generates new life, not just in the world, but in you. The only path forward for us in the midst of the craziness of our world today is love, it's life, it's sacrifice. That's who we're called to be. So I'm in prayer for you right now. I hope you'll be in prayer for me and be in prayer for the others at Abiding Hope. Because this is an important time. This is a time that we need to, to take seriously and be intentional about. Don't be willy-nilly. Don't just write a number on that commitment card. Make what you write on that commitment card a reflection of your contemplative work and a commitment not just to abiding hope, but a commitment to God that you're going to live differently because it's only this way of life that shows us what is really true and actually makes us free. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.